we see him weeping with Mary and Martha when Lazarus has passed, even though he knows he's going to resurrect him from the dead, we see him coming close, bearing their emotions. We see him with the woman who was caught in adultery. We see him standing there until everyone else has gone. We see him looking at her and not yelling at her or screaming at her or trying to stone her like the other crazy people were doing. We see him looking at her and saying, does anyone condemn you? Well, I don't either. This lamb of God, there's an approachable, personal, gentle, compassionate, comfortable side to Jesus. It's time now for the Autumn Mile Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, coming to you with the last installment of our Lion and Lamb series. You guys, the enemy has kicked my butt. <laughs> doing this series. I was just telling everyone, oh, you listen, I love, love, love to teach the word of God, but I don't know, uh, you know, the enemy does not want good PR on Jesus. He just doesn't want that. And so it's been a crazy last couple of weeks. Even now my producer is in a coffee shop because he lost his internet at his house, which is kind of funny if you would even understand what's happened in the last couple of weeks of my world. But we are doing it, you guys. The last installment of Lion Lamb. I have loved this series. It's really so wonderful to not focus on us and to shine the spotlight on God himself, on Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb of God, to talk through both aspects of who Jesus was and is. I can't wait to get after the break. It's going to be good. Do not go anywhere. So many of you guys are downloading. Got the numbers from last week, yesterday, and I'm just so humbled that you would <laughs> listen. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. At the end of the show, we do a segment and that's called what's God doing in your life? Cause y'all know what's happening in my life. Email us and tell us what is God doing in your life? I want to know. Let's tell people what is God doing in your life? We always have awesome stories and I don't want you to forget that opportunity that you have to tell people what God's doing because that encourages others, other people's faith. It makes other people say, wow, if God did that for them, then he will, he could do that for me. And it's amazing how we spur each other's faith like that. So send in your stories to hello at autumnmiles.com or you can DM us and just, you know, we'll get it. We always ask people's permission. Hey, can we share this? And they'll, they'll come back with a yes or no. <laughs> we don't share the ones that they say not. Well, I would not dare. If you want someone to know, do you have a miracle? Do you have something that God has provided for in your life? Send us a message. We want to tell everybody about it. Okay. What is happening in my world? I have to tell you at the end of the day, every day, it's so funny because I always watch the news, which I hate the news, <laughs> like hate, 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 hate the news. And my kids know it. And they're like, why do you watch the news if you hate it? And you know, that's a really good question. I really don't know why I do that. <laughs> but last night after everyone was kind of settled in my house, I was like, I'm not doing this because everything is terrible. And, and it's just everyone hates everyone. And it's just ugh, hate it. Anyways, so I sit in my bed because my bed is like the hub for activity. You know, my kids come in, they tell me about their day. We have these two chairs that they sit in and, you know, our, our room is kind of a sanctuary for the end of the day. Everyone comes in. We just kind of download about our days sitting uh, around different places in the room. 
Well, last night I I clicked on Netflix, which I'm you know I I'm not like everyone has their shows. I really don't have any. There's like two that I watch, and you guys would think they were boring. So I don't really have anything that I watch. And I was scrolling through Netflix just to see what in the world could I could I watch that is like not going to, that's going to be happy, right? I I love happy stuff. So I click on this new series and I'm like, I, I am so pleasantly surprised by this series. I had to tell you guys about it today because I am obsessed. I love gospel music. I have always loved gospel music ever since I was a wee, ever since I heard it for the first time. I like to think I sing gospel music when I'm alone by myself in my car or, you know, alone in my house or something. (laughs) I will turn on some gospel music and I will just, you know, let it rip. I'm not a very good singer, but I do love it. There is something about that genre of music that I just connect to. I love soul. I love all of that. And so last night, I've long said, and I do mean long said, I actually told my husband last night after watching this this show, I am going to join a choir. I don't know who's choir, but I'm going to join a choir because I just love like a soulful choir, right? So last night, I, I click on this series and it's Pharrell who is doing uh entire series on creating like the world's best soulful choir ever. It's called Voices of Fire. Okay. It's on Netflix. You can go watch it. And so, so people come and they audition like they do on like American Idol or whatever. I don't know. So they come and they audition for this choir and I don't have a good voice. And if I would have heard about it, I so would have been there because I want to be in this choir. <laughs> but they audition and they're auditioning, like they they audition with the old hymns. And like someone was singing Amazing Grace and It Is Well and I Need Thee Every Hour. I Need Thee. I mean... And these people, I mean, they're on TV for a reason singing, like they have the most beautiful, beautiful voices. And I'm like literally getting ready to cry right now. But one, one woman came out to audition in front of the panel and Pharrell's there. He's like, you know, there, and I'm totally spoiling this. So if you watch the series, just know I'm going to spoil something for you. She comes out and she starts singing, Jesus loves me. And she's like belting it. I mean, this woman has like an incredible voice and she just starts sobbing because of this song that has just touched her so deeply. And, and, you know, I think it's like his uh, Pharrell's like uncle or, or something like that. He's a pastor, but he asked her, why did this? song make you so emotional. And she's like, it's just the words. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. (laughs) And by the time I was to that part, like Jude had come in my room and I'm like, sit down. This is so good. He's watching it. I've got like grace comes in late from church. And I'm like, you know, at this point, I realize why people binge watch things. She is in there. She's sitting down watching it. And I'm like, guys, so good. Um, but it was so rich and it was so good to see that kind of TV. And I'm telling you what, I can't wait to watch the next one. So anyway, that just happened in my life. Now, you know, my favorite kind of music of all time is gospel and, um, soul music and I'm obsessed. So there you go. That's what's happening in my world. Go watch the show. I'm only like two episodes in. I would have watched more, but I didn't turn it on until later last night. I think you're going to love it. If you want to be in a choir like me, that's what I want to do when I grow up, be in a choir. Anyway, that's what's happening in my life. Don't go anywhere. This is going to be good right after the break. I'll see you in a sec. Let's go. Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in Strength and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Yeah. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. 
Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God, while I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangster Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Let's go. Strength to peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Strength and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Yeah. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're back from the break. Go check it out, Voices of Fire. That's the name of it. I think you're going to love it like I loved that show was so, so good. Okay. So here we go. We're talking about the lamb of God. This is week number four. Now, last week I I tried to give you a reason why in revelation five, God is called, Jesus is called the lamb of God. And, And we went through the sacrifice and it was very sort of a technical show, but I definitely wanted you to, I, my whole goal always, always, in sharing the word of God is for you to take this information and I want it to be applicable to your life. I want you to be able to say that was a lot, but I can apply that. That was a lot, but I needed that challenge. And I hope last week did that for you. I absolutely loved sharing you know, just the history and the sacrifices. And I I love the part last week, and it's still resonating with me today when we talked about the sacrifices of the lamb in the morning and in the evening that the priest would make on behalf of the people. And the fact that they could smell that, that was something that they knew was happening in the morning and at night. And, and we've, we've come so far away from realizing, I mean, when you smell something and when you can see smoke rising, you understand that that sacrifice is for me. This has to happen in order for me to be in a relationship with God, which is what they probably would have been thinking back then. But we've gotten so far away from that. You know, we don't, we don't think of the sacrifice of the lamb of God on a regular basis, on a daily basis, you know, twice a day, those sacrifices were offered before pre-resurrection of Christ. And even sometime after that, even though it wasn't needed anymore, it's so important for us to focus on the depth of what Jesus did for us. And so I really love last week. I hope that you did too. This week is going to be a little bit different. I really want to bring, let's see what this Lamb of God did while he was on the earth. I, I looked all around for qualities of a lamb. And, you know, (laughs) I have so much knowledge of lambs. Obviously, lamb is a baby sheep. And, um, you know, I looked everywhere. I saw, you know, it's it's not true that sheep are, are dumb. They're not, you know, they're smart. They're community oriented. Well, yes, they are. They definitely go in groups. And, you know, I was reading all these blogs from shepherds and like all this kind of stuff. And eventually I had to stop myself and say, Autumn, you're in too deep. (laughs) You are in too deep. Back up the research train. Let's just look at a lamb for what it is. I began thinking of what I think of when I think of a lamb. Now, obviously they were the chosen animal in Exodus to be sacrificed. And, but that's not what I think when I see a lamb. I don't, I don't always think technical laws back in the old Testament. When you see a lamb, you think that's real cute. That's just adorable. It's so cuddly. It's got white fur. It's just so adorable. And I'm not a, like I've told you, I hate the zoo. I'm not like an animal person because I have four kids. If I didn't have four kids, I would be more of an animal person because I just love to love. 
I don't know. In this case, when I see a lamb, I think gentle. I think adorable. They're fluffy. They are approachable. They're something that represents, I think, a meekness and a humility and a simple way of doing things. When I see a little baby lamb, I'm not trying to go ahead and turn around and run away from it like a lion. You know, lions are in cages at zoos and stuff like that. A lamb I had in my backyard last year at Haven's birthday party. Okay. I want to tell you this story. We went to one of the parks here in, in around where I live in DFW to take prom pictures with my child, my uh, old child, my 17 year old child. There was like 40 people there. Like my, my daughter runs in like a pack. Like it's not, it, it, she, it's not like mom, me and two friends are going to take pictures together. It's mom, me and the entire junior class are going to this park to take pictures. So when we show up, there is like a hundred people there. Same happened last year for prom. She comes to prom. I know there's going to be a lot of people there. So I bring the little kids, Haven and Moses. And Haven likes to look at all the pretty dresses and everything. And so I'm like, you know, this is going to be great. Kill two birds with one stone. Haven gets to see the pretty dresses. They get to be with us. And, you know, I'm here with Grace. So I'm taking pictures with Grace and taking all the pictures of her and her date and all of her friends and everything she wants to get. And all of a sudden I turn around and Haven is not with us. She is, she's not with us around us. Okay. She's with us, but I'm looking for her because I want to say, Hey, look at so-and-so's dress. And I look up and in the distance, I see my child who is obsessed with animals holding a little tiny, teeny tiny. And I do mean little brand new, fresh out the womb lamb. I immediately want to go over and cuddle it and play with it and hold it, but Haven won't let me. <laughs> so <laughs> I go over and I'm like, hey, can I hold your lamb? And the lady's like, yeah, sure. We're doing a petting zoo. This is around Easter time. We're doing a petting zoo and, and we're actually going to take pictures as well. Does your daughter want a picture? And I'm like, does she? Yes. Like, can she just hold all the animals at one time? And so I meet the people that my daughter is talking to, the strangers that we've never met before. And she, she ends up staying there. Eddie goes with her and she's, she's standing there playing with this lamb and holding this lamb for a really long time. Well, because the lamb was so awesome, we booked this petting zoo to come to her birthday party. I have a picture of Haven. She's actually holding a bunny, but one, one of the one of the pictures is her in this tiny little gate, like this gate, like the a strong wind would blow over, like no problem. And there is that lamb, that baby lamb that was at the park a couple of weeks previous in that gate. Haven's picking it up. She's loving it. She's, you know, all the kids like, like God bless this lamb, like for real. All the kids are coming in and they are picking up this lamb and they're sitting it and they're holding it and they're smiling. And that is what I think of when I think of the lamb of God. This, it almost looks like, you know, those dogs that are service animals, which I feel like they're everywhere now, but it's almost as if you, you approach a lamb, you pick it up. You hold, if you've ever been to a petting zoo whatsoever, it calms you down. It does something to you. Haven was living her best life holding this lamb. It brought her an immediate calm. There was an immediate connection that she had. Now, as we've talked about the lion for the last couple of weeks, you know, that, that would not have brought her calm. That would have brought her great fear. But there's something approachable and beautiful about a lamb that makes you want to come in. Even when you won't hug a person, you'll hold, you'll hold a little baby lamb, right? There's something endearing about the way that it looks, the way that it behaves. It's docile for the most part. I'm sure you'll send me messages about crazy lambs that you know, but I've never met one. Um, it's docile. It's tame enough that little children can actually play with it at a petting zoo. 
When God in Revelation 5, which we'll get to in a minute, is likened to the Lamb of God. That is the side of Jesus that he's talking about. He highlights the lion and the strong, and we went, we've been over that. But there is also this approachable side to Jesus where he can be approached at any time. He is the lamb of God. He is the God that calms you down. He is the God that is you always want to approach, you always want to be close to, and there is something about his nature uh, when you're talking about the lamb of God that you will let him in. It's a beautiful picture when I saw Haven holding this tiny little lamb because I feel like that is the picture of what God, Jesus, wants us to do with him. He wants to be close to us. He wants to be the lion. Obviously, he is the lion, but he also wants us to understand that he is perfectly approachable at any given second. I never felt more myself. I have never felt more myself, more understood, more completely heard, more accepted with all of the crazy stuff that, that I am. I have never felt more accepted than when I'm in the presence of God ever. I will tell Jesus things that feelings, thoughts, things, you know, that are bothering me or whatever, that I would never tell anybody else. He is so approachable. And, and we see him coming through the gospels down to earth and we see him interacting with the different people that he interacted with. I, I'm not going to go to the story today. I almost, almost did, but I'm not going to go to the story today. But we see Jesus interacting with everyone, coming close, coming in. We see him weeping with Mary and Martha, when Lazarus has passed, even though he knows he's going to resurrect him from the dead, we see him coming close, bearing their emotions. We see him with the woman who was caught in adultery. We see him standing there until everyone else has gone. We see him looking at her and not yelling at her or screaming at her or trying to stone her like the other crazy people were doing. We see him looking at her and saying, does anyone condemn you? Well, I don't either. This lamb of God, there's an approachable, personal, gentle, compassionate, comfortable side to Jesus that is available to us at any second. I want to go through this side of the Lamb of God because while Jesus is saying, listen, come to me, and I'm going to read it here in a second. The enemy, even though we are believers, and if you're not, come on in. <laughs> the enemy wants us to build barriers. Jesus says, come, and, and Matthew 11, this is straight from the Lamb of God's mouth. In Matthew 11, uh, 28, Jesus is speaking, and he says this, come to me, come, come on, come on, I'm not going to hurt you, I'm actually going to help you, I'm not going to judge you and scream at you and yell at you, I actually want to carry you. He says, come to me, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's from the Lamb of God, his mouth himself. 
he goes on in 29 and says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in spirit. This version says heart, humble in heart, but the other version says, says humble in spirit. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen to what he says here. Let's break this down here just for a second. Come to me all, everybody. Not the religious people, not the people that have the, you know, all of the the numbers and letters and all that kind of stuff behind their name that have gone to 17 um, seminaries and are doctor, whoever, pastor of the largest church in the entire universe. No, 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 all. If you're weary and heavy laden, come on in, come to me. And we, and, and I just keep getting this view of Haven holding this lamb. She, you couldn't keep that child away from that lamb. She was coming. She was coming right for that lamb. And that is a picture of what God, the lamb of God wants us to do with him. He doesn't want us to put up a barrier, which Satan tempts us, you know, no, he's going to be, he's going to judge you. He's going to reject you. He's going to turn you away. We build these internal narratives that are lies and we start believing them in truth. And right here in Matthew 11, we have an invitation come. It's an evite. I just got an evite in my email. It's an evite from God. Come on, come on in. And don't just come if you're weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I'm gentle, I'm humble. And when you come to me, you're going to find rest for your souls. Jesus is the most approachable thing that ever was, that ever is, and that ever will be. He is the most approachable being. He is the most approachable person. He is however you want to describe it. When you come, you won't find harshness. I'm telling you what, I've done some really stupid things, <laughs> made some really dumb decisions and lost my temper and all the things. Okay. I've done, you know, lost my temper. I'm definitely not perfect over here. But when I bring all that to Jesus, because he tells me to come, come on in, Autumn, come on in. Not one time have I ever felt rejected screamed at. Now God has spoken very directly to me before, but it's always done in this gentle and humble way. He is the, he is more approachable than your husband. God bless him. He is more approachable than your child. He is more approachable than your parent. He's more approachable than God bless your grandma. He is more approachable than your grandma because he knows how he's going to respond when you approach him, you are going to find rest for your soul when you approach him. That picture of Haven running towards that lamb is exactly what we should be doing when we feel like we need a break, when we feel like we need someone. Is there someone out there that can carry any of this responsibility for me? I am about to lose my mind. Here we have Jesus with an evite, an invitation from God's word himself, straight out of his mouth saying, come, please come. And when you come to me, I'm gentle. I'm not going to scream at you. I'm the lamb of God. I'm gentle, gentle. I'm not going to tell you 56 ways that you can clean up your life and be better. I'm not a Pharisee. I'm the Lamb of God. You're going to find a gentle reception, a humble reception. I'm not going to lord over you like I am who I actually am. <laughs> no, God has the ability. He has the license. He has the liberty to lord over us and do whatever he wants. And yet, every time I have come to the Lord, every single day when I said, Lord, I can't do this today, you're going to have to help me. He said, I know you can't. I know you can't, but I can. Gentle, 
He's humble. And when you come to him, you will, he says, Jesus says, the Lamb of God says this, find rest for your souls. I want, as we move into this text that I can't wait to dissect with you guys, I want you guys to maybe receive this invitation in a brand new way. The invitation of coming. Do you think that God would have named his son Jesus the Lamb of God in Revelation 5 if he was unapproachable? Do you think that God would have specifically crowned him the Lamb of God if he was something that we cannot connect with? Do you think that God is a con artist? Because here we have God crowning, naming his son, the Lamb of God in Revelation 5. And yet we don't come like we should. I have such a burden this year for people to find healing, let things go. Our word of the year is joy. And I feel like God's really been testing my joy in the first, in the first month of January. But the Lord reminded me the other day, this, what you're dealing with, what you're going through is a pathway to exactly that word. And while you're walking on this journey, you can find joy every step of the way because I'm gentle, I'm humble, and you're going to find rest for your soul when you come to me. I want to take us to Luke 15. And I was praying about what in the world am I going to share so that you can get a very practical view of what this looks like to come to the Lamb of God? How do you just come? And how, how, do, we, how do we actually tangibly do this in a way without a narrative that we've built that God's going to judge us? He doesn't want to talk to us or he's going to tell us something or whatever. And I, I absolutely love Luke. Now I'm going to, I'm going to read to you a lot of passages of scripture because duh, of course I am. Um, and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to make a couple of points that I really hope will stay with you. I want to just read to you out of Luke 15. This is Jesus speaking. It's all red letter. As a matter of fact, I think this whole entire page is red letter, except like some of the narration points that they put in. But I want to read to you exactly what the Lamb of God talks about. In, in Luke 15, it says this, now all the tax collectors, now tax, tax collectors were enemies. Nobody liked a tax collector back in the day. Okay. But it says now all the tax collectors and all the sinners, oh, sinners, were coming near him and they were listening. Isn't it interesting that all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming to him because they took the invitation in Matthew 11, come to me. If you're weary and heavy laden, you're going to find rest for your soul. So they're all leaning in, but the Pharisees don't want anything to do with them. Very interesting. <laughs> Food for thought. Oh, look what verse two says. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Really? Well, he gave them an invitation to come to me if you're weary and heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. And the sinners and the tax collectors are who was taking them up on that offer. The Pharisees didn't want nothing to do with it. Verse three. So he told them a parable saying, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep? Now, a sheep is an old lamb, okay? And as lost one, it's just so interesting, the lamb of God is telling this story. And as lost one of them does not leave the 99 in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. Jesus is telling this story here. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep, which was lost. I tell you, verse seven, that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 religious persons 
who need no repentance. Isn't that awesome when Jesus is like, here you go, Pharisees, take that. He goes on and he says this, or what woman, if she has 10 silver coins, loses one coin and doesn't light up a lamp and sweep the house and search uh, search carefully until she finds it. When she found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me. For I have found the coin I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. He goes on and he says this. A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. I have a point here, so hang with me. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country and he began to be impoverished. Oh no, no more money. I don't got nothing. I'm hungry. Verse 15. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. He would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods, food, that the swine were eating, and no one was giving him anything to eat. Verse 17. But when he came to his senses, oh, we're coming back to that. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's Hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I'll get up and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven in your sight. I I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. So he got up. He came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him. Verse 21. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Don't call me your son anymore. I know what I did. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf. Kill it and let's eat it together. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He he was lost and he has been found and they began to celebrate. Yes, this is the parable of the prodigal son. I want, Lord help me. I want to liken that to us today. In the first part of uh, Luke 15, we see Jesus making a statement. Listen, as a shepherd, if one of your sheep's lost, you're going to leave 99 of them and you're going to go and you're going to get that sheep and you're going to bring him back and you're going to love him. You're not going to yell at him. You're going to rescue him. Then if there's a woman and she's lost a coin, she's going to, the woman's going to look at highway everywhere under the pillows. She's going to look in your kid's toy closet. She's going to look everywhere. She's going to look in the pile with all the shoes that you can never find the thing from. She's going to look in the pantry that looks kind of like a bomb went off in there. She is going to look everywhere for this coin. And when she finds the coin, she's going to rejoice. Now we have a, a, a very clear story of a man who had two sons. One said, give me my inheritance. He went and he squandered it all. He left his father. He took the money. He did whatever he wanted to do. He squandered it all. And when he came to his senses, he realized he was better off with his father as a slave than he was working to feed the pigs. When he comes to his father, his father doesn't skip a beat. He doesn't yell at him. He doesn't scream at him. He doesn't say, what have you been doing? How dare you squander all of your inheritance? How dare you do that? What does he do? He celebrates the fact that he came to him. Why? Because this is a picture of how Jesus deals with us on a regular basis. I'm gentle. I'm humble. 
you're going to find rest for your weary souls. And this is what God wanted me to focus on today with you. Now, Jesus clearly says heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. And uh, two of the scenarios, the sheep and the coin. But as I was reading through the prodigal son, I was reading through this passage, and I know that there's a lot of pastors, leaders, ministry leaders. I know that there's a lot of, you know, just people that love Jesus that, that listen to the show. And I'm listening, I'm listening through this prodigal son. And it, I'm telling you what, it hit me so strong. I think a lot of us look at this prodigal son story and they're like, yes, a prodigal ran away from, from his father and he came back and congratulations. And we, we, all, we even coin kids. There's a, he's a prodigal. He left. He's a prodigal. He's, he's gone. And you know, let me tell you something. I was a prodigal. <laughs> I was a prodigal. My parents were praying for me. I think there was a point in me, my brother and my sister's life, all three of us were prodigals at one time. And I know that they were praying the prodigal prayer over us. But what God struck me with as I was looking through this passage is here as the Lamb of God, he's setting up this incredibly beautiful story. And while it's so easy for us as believers to say, look at that prodigal, that prodigal ran away. He's doing crazy things with, with, or she's doing crazy things and we don't even know where she is or whatever. And we're praying for her to come home. What if a believer can also be a prodigal in their spiritual life? I began to recount the hundreds probably of conversations that I have had in the last couple of years with people that still go to church. They haven't left the church because they better not leave the church because then people start talking. But emotionally, you're a prodigal. What about that? Why don't we talk about that more? Obviously, this boy completely left his father and then came back. But I'm going to ask you just, just something. Maybe, maybe it's bold. Maybe you don't ever want to listen to this podcast again. That's absolutely fine. God bless you. We love you. But I do want to challenge you a little bit in this. What if you don't look like a prodigal, but you know you've left? What if you're acting like you're the other son, but emotionally, you, you just don't have the faith anymore? You just don't have the trust anymore. You look like the other son, the guy who stayed, the guy who's there, the guy who's going to remind his father, listen, I didn't go anywhere. He's the one who just went and spent all, money, all of your money. What, what if you look like the other son, but you're actually the prodigal? You just don't have any signs that you are on the outside. What about that? What if you've left the faith, but you're still in church? What if you've given up on God, but you still work in the kids' ministry? What if you haven't opened your Bible in weeks or even prayed in, in weeks because you just aren't sure if God even cares anymore? But you raise your hands in worship on Sunday morning. Is it possible? Absolutely. Is it probable? It is in a lot of people's cases that I've talked to over the last couple of years. What if you look like the other son, but secretly you're a prodigal? That's who I want to talk to today. This was me. <laughs> I look like the other son. Oh, I, I didn't leave you. I didn't leave you. That's what I look like. But 20 years ago, I'm... <laughs> I was a prodigal emotionally. I went through the emotions, but my heart wasn't there. I just feel like the Lord wants you. If you're, you're there and you're just saying, yeah, this is oddly relevant to my life. You're exactly who God put in my heart as I was studying the Lamb of God. Let's read the text. I, I want to I wanna just pick it up maybe in verse 14, Luke 15, 14. Now, when he had spent everything, he had all this stuff, he left. When he had spent everything, a severe famine had occurred in that country, and he became impoverished. 
this really hit me because I feel like sometimes, you know, we can try anything to get that feeling of the Holy Ghost in our life back. He spent everything. He tried everything. And yet he was still, you know, lost all of his money. He spent everything. And he began to be impoverished. He went, he hired himself out. He was trying all on his own to care for himself. That's not what the word said. That's me paraphrasing. He would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating. And no one was giving anything to him. Verse 17 says this, but when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. I um, resonated with this so much because here this boy goes out and tries, tries to, you know, do what he thinks he wants. And he finds out that he was better off with his father the whole time. But there's a moment that I think is so poignant in this whole passage. There was a moment where he woke up and he realized, I don't have now what I had then. I hear all the time people saying, I want the power to pray. I want the power to have faith. I want this. Well, you know. In order to go deeper with the Lord, you've got to be in the, you have got to learn how to continually feed yourself the nourishment of the word of God. And when you don't do that, you find yourself in a place of emotional impoverishment. You're starving. And what you're starving for is not uh, more money. What you're starving for is not more acceptance. What you're starving for is not any anything that the world has to offer because the world will always let you down. When you leave and you try to make your own life happy, you eventually wake up and you come to your senses and you realize, what am I doing? I was better off with my father. Verse 17 says he came to his senses. And I'm just going to ask you today, you know, I just believe that this is such an exciting time to be alive. That's exactly how I feel. We're, we're chosen to be alive right now during this time right now. All the craziness going on in the world. Guess what? You're called to live right now. And I think what the enemy wants is he wants us to be this prodigal, but an emotional prodigal son. Maybe not completely phys- physically leave the church or leave God, but he wants to allow you to forget all of the benefits of being connected with your father. He wants you to try everything else to make yourself happy just so your soul can be so impoverished that you find yourself desperately begging for nourishment. That's when this man came to his senses. And that's where I feel like someone is today. Maybe this is the call to action. Maybe this is the challenge that you need. Because there's a Lamb of God who is approachable, who's ready for you to plug back in. He's ready to give you rest. He's ready to receive you. He's ready for you to come home. He's ready to touch your soul out of Matthew 11 and bring you the rest that you want and the fulfillment. One of the things this man did is he started talking to himself, verse 17. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough bread? I'm dying here with hunger. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to say to him, father, I have sinned against you in your sight. I think that is a line we need to say more often than not. God, I am checked out. I don't even believe anymore. One of the best prayers I ever prayed was that I don't believe in you anymore. God, so you're going to have to speak. And boy, did he. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned 
against heaven and in your sight. Verse 19, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He's making a plan that he thinks his father is going to accept. I'm just going to tell him I'm sorry. And then I'm going to say, I'm not, I don't want to be your son anymore, but I'll settle for being a slave. I don't want, I don't, I don't need to be your son. I know that's maybe too much for you to ask. I know you're probably going to judge me or whatever. Uh, so I'll just settle for being uh, your slave. He, he constructs a narrative in his mind of what he thinks his father will accept. And it is completely wrong. He goes into his father and he says, verse 20, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Oh, yes. And felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. You are not too far gone. You are not too far complacent. You aren't. For the father to reach down his hand and to say, so glad you're back because the Lamb of God is approachable. He's gentle. He's humble. And he will receive you just like this father received his son. Kill the fatted calf. Bring him in. You're not going to be a slave. You are my son. You are my son. Some of us want to be just coin something less than what God says, that we are children of God. You're not a hired hand. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. You don't have to settle for anything less. God wants to call you son. He wants to call you daughter because that is exactly what you are. You don't have to dream up some narrative in your mind of what you want to be called. You're a son. You're a daughter. And he expect, He accepts you exactly the way that you are. So come on back. You got your Evite out of Matthew 11. Come to me. Those who are weary and heavy laden and you're going to find rest for your soul. This is why, this is why this happens in the throne room of heaven. Listen, John is speaking, Revelation 5, 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them were myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and every created thing, which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them. I heard them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, amen. And the elders fell down and worship. That is why he is the lamb of God, because he's gentle. He's humble. He will receive you. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter if you're an emotional prodigal. It doesn't matter if you're an actual prodigal. He is ready for you to just like Haman run to him. And he accepts you. And he puts you back together. He doesn't call you slave. He calls you son, daughter. You're mine. That's why they worshiped him. That's why he's so great. Because that lamb sacrificed everything for us. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, that no matter where we are in this faith journey, whether we're having a crisis of faith, whether we're on a mountaintop, Lord, whether we're weary, whether we're exhausted, you are the lamb of God who was slain for us and you are gentle, you're humble, you're good, you're accessible to us. And Father God, I just pray as we round out this series for those that are saying, you know what, <laughs> she's talking to me. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would reveal yourself to them today that you would encourage their heart, you would encourage their journey. You would say, you're not too far gone. I'm right here. I'm where I've always been, right here. I'm not going to reject you. I'm going to give you rest. Thank you, Lord, for being good. We 
Jesus' name, amen. I got a question right after the break. I'll see you then. Let's go. Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Strength and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Yeah. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Autumn, and I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, We all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching autumnmiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Let's go. Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in Strength and peace, creator of man. Said one word and then it went bam. Loves us all more than we can understand. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. Okay, guys, I have a question from one of you. And I've got to (laughs) say, this drives me crazy. (laughs) I don't know why it drives me crazy. But this question is like... Ah! says, I have a friend who was very sick and the question doesn't, it's what the response was uh, to the question. Uh, Let me explain. I have a friend who was very sick and needed an operation. A preacher told her that this sickness came upon her because she was weak in her faith and she should have prayed more. I don't think anything makes me more frustrated than when someone gets religious advice like this. Well, you should have prayed more. Sorry about your sickness. What kind of, that is not the heart of the father, people. Observe to pray more. Well, your faith just isn't that strong. Good luck. Congratulations. What in the world? Why would someone say, I just don't, I just, pet peeve, pet peeve of mine. Anyway, moving on. This statement appalled me. That's how I feel, appalled. What does the Bible say about when, how, and why suffering happens to believers And how do you combat this way of thought? Well, listen, you go to the word. There's no name here. You go to the word of God. You've got to fight when people say, well, you should have prayed more. Congratulations on your illness. That is so, that is appalling to me too. Um, The Bible tells us when sin entered the world, so did death. That was the payment for sin. Okay. Sin is what entered into the world and you know, why we have the sickness, why we have the death. That is not what God wanted. He didn't want us to do that. But when Eve sinned, there we go. Okay. It's a whole thing. But when somebody says that to you, you need to remind them of people in the Bible that died, which was everybody except Enoch. He did not die. (laughs) He didn't die. Everybody else did. Everybody else died, okay? I I find it appalling when people look at people and just spit something out that maybe they heard someone say, well, you should have prayed more. Well, really? Because I've got a brother right now who doesn't have use of his right arm. And let me tell you, we have prayed a lot. It is not for lack of faith. I've got a guy named Lazarus in the Bible who Jesus knew he was sick, delayed three days and waited until he died to go and to comfort the family and then resurrected him. He died. I think this is in order to combat some of this stuff, you have to know what the Bible says about it. Does Jesus heal people? A hundred percent. Absolutely. He does. I've seen, he's healed me, my own, he's healed both of my children, but you know what? Some people, for some reason, he chooses not to heal. I I will never forget. I was at a speaking engagement one time and there was a singer, a worship singer that was standing up and her mother had just passed away and she died of cancer and she got up and it was kind of like a raw thing. Like she was very raw telling the story and a preacher had said that to her. Well, if you would have prayed more, you wouldn't have gotten cancer. And she looked at the preacher and she said, don't you think I'm praying day and night? Don't you think I want to stay here with my child? Don't you think? 
this woman is kind of relaying this to all of us. And of course, we're all in tears because of course, I don't know why God allows this to happen every to people. I don't, I don't know, but he does. And it's in these times. Why did he allow, allow Lazarus to die? Well, he said to show everyone else his glory, which he absolutely did when he resurrected him from the dead, but he did allow him to die. He didn't look at Mary and Martha and say, well, if you would have prayed more, if you would have prayed more, they were praying. They were asking him to come and he delayed. This is where faith is what we have to live out and walk. It is okay to say, I don't understand what you are doing, but I trust that you are good. I don't understand why this is happening to me or to my family or to whoever, but I do trust that you are good. This is where we don't have answers for, but God does. We have to go to the scripture to combat some of these Christianese isms that drive me up a wall. Okay. I don't even know if that answers your question. That was a little soapbox, but if it didn't, write us again. Okay. I have one testimony and then we'll be out of here. My mom is in an assisted living home and I've been trying to get her house ready to sell. Um, they were in dire straits and she ended up, she listened to the podcast. So I love that. She ended up putting her mom's house on the market and it sold. And I just want to say, you know, when, when there's a lot of finances involved, especially we're dealing with something so emotional, like putting your mom's house on the market to sell, it's very, very emotional. And I want to celebrate that with you. Thank you so much for writing in because I know that there's been a lot of people in situations just like this where they kind of don't know what to do um, when a parent can't keep up a house. So I'm so incredibly thankful that that happened to you. There's a lot of details in that, but just, you know, for, for pri privacy and dignity, I, I, I don't want to read everything. But she does say she had an aha moment as she was listening to the podcast. So God bless you. I'm so, so thankful for your story. Thanks for writing and you guys I love you I know this was long today but I love you God is for you the Lamb of God is close to you he wants to be as close as possible and I will see you next week with another episode of the Audible Show come back come join us I'll see you then thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Mile Show be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Mile Show. Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Strength and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Love us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. Lined in lamb, great I am. God is the rock, foundation for man. Take it from me, go sit yeah. in the stands. Don't yeah. go stress about how many bands. Lion the lamb, strength to peace. Yeah. Lion the lamb, God of the G's. Yeah. Lion the lamb, take it from me. Uh. Lion the lamb, righteous and beef. Yeah.
Yeah. Got in my life and he's out in the streets. Loves all the people, don't matter the speech. Yeah. Yeshua was sobered, I picked up his feet. Yeah. Speaking his song, defining the king. Lion and lamb, he'll hop in the ring. Another day long and another bow sinks. Yeah. But he's right here, don't take time to think. He fight my battles, he conquer my demons. He made me right, I don't mess with the heathens. Yeah. Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lion and lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lion and lamb. Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lion and lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lion and lamb. Run through the city, I got no shot on my own, can't see a lot. It's hard to see between what's right or wrong when I'm on my own. Don't know a lie in a tight dome, on a tight road. When my mind soaked in the ways of this world, watch my mind swirl. Trying to check along in a big blue train. Now I know change, got it on my chain. Nothing is insane, I'm telling y'all. I'm telling y'all. Lion the lamb, great I am. God is the rock, foundation for man. Take it from me, go sit in the stands. Don't go stressed about how many bands. Lion the lamb, strength to peace. Lion the lamb, God of the G's. Lion the lamb, take it from me. Lion the lamb, righteous and beef. Yeah, lion the lamb, yeah. greater than me. Yeah. Lion the lamb, prince of peace. Yeah. Up in this world and he out on the streets. Strength the peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lion and lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lion and lamb. Strength the peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lion and lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lion and lamb. Yeah. Strength through peace, creator of man yeah. Said one word and then it went bam yeah. Loves us all more than we can understand yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan